When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. Andrew, very welcome along to episode 42 of the uh, the uh, Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast brought to you by uh, the White Hack Brewing Company. Um, we uh, I got distracted there slightly because just as I started the podcast, Magoo stands up and walks away, but that's all right. So we're coming to you on uh, Zoom. As usual, we got Shane Magoo McGoldrick. How are things, Shane? Fantastic. <laughs> we got Jerry O'Connor coming from his couch. How are you, Jerry? Absolutely superb. Uh, we Half have, is superb. <laughs> we have uh, Sean Dunn. How are you, Sean? Amazing. So uh, a week is a long time in politics. Perfect. And uh, we, we all saw what happened to uh, to our TD, uh, Mark McSharry, who's left Fianna Fáil. But it's, it, a short couple of days in the League of Ireland can really turn things around. And uh, here we are on the back of two consecutive wins. Uh, I think we're in a very different headspace uh, than we were in, in previous weeks. Uh, things are looking rosy. And um, so across the, the what we're going to do for today's podcast is uh, we're obviously going to review the two games, that um, the two wins that we had against Pats and Dundalk in the showgrounds. Uh, we have two batches of shouts from the shed end, uh, one on the back of the Pats game, and we have one uh, on the back of the Dundalk game. And we've got some interesting characters in our second shout from the shed end. We're going to... Uh, uh, mainland continental Europe and then we go over to uh, the United States of America we go coast to coast from southern uh, South Carolina to uh, California and um, and we uh, then we'll have a look at the the Shamrock Rovers games game coming up on Saturday and we also announced the winner of our most recent beer scorecast competition with thanks to the White Hag so uh, uh, very quickly, I suppose the first thing, the the, the, the the major question I had anyway after the the win against St. Pat's is, uh, and I, I put it to you first, Jerry. What what was the difference? What wh- where where did this come from? And before okay, before I asked that question, uh, I was walking into the grounds with Magoo, uh, and Magoo said, "We're going to get nothing out of this game." No, he didn't say that. He was the only person I spoke to, as far as I can remember, that said he was going in confident. But what were you thinking, Jerry, before you went into the into the game? Was it were you going to be happy if we got a point? Yeah, I probably would have been happy to get a point. Um, just uh, I suppose just that um, I suppose they, they they wouldn't get any further ahead of us, or just to kind of keep the the steady, you know, sh- uh, the ship steady in that. Um, but look, we've seen a, a change in formation and things, and a change in personality on the pitch and obviously look that combined um really gave us a good platform you know and i think andre wright was again superb and i just think he's changed the whole dynamic of the team uh so that's you know he's he's really hit the ground running um a lot better than you know considering he hasn't played a lot of football so he, he's just given us that uh, that pl- pl- platform to play you know you're stunned connor you're absolutely fine. I'll unmute myself. Sean, uh, what was it for you about the performance that, that, that um, set it apart from the previous eight games? Um, intensity. <laughs> yeah. Intensity was back again, pressing like lunatics in the right areas. Tactically, we're brilliant. Um, Lane Buckley got it spot on. That diamond worked the trade for us. And... Um, Everything, attitudes, uh, everything was just right. Every player was on it from the start. It was a pleasure to watch. Uh, as a fan, especially when you see players giving everything, it's, it's, yeah. it's all you want to see, really, when you're coming through the gate. So in such a big game as well, we stunned them. We really did. We stunned them right, right at the start. I think they were expecting us to start slowly like we have in the last few games. And 
that just wasn't the case. Everyone was right at it and obviously getting the early early goal as well makes a massive difference. Uh, Magoo, how important was the the guts of the 2,000 people that was in the showgrounds for the game? Do you think that was something that had an impact? Oh, definitely. That was huge. That's why that was part of the why I was going in with such a good feeling. Just I felt everything was falling right into place for us on the right night. Players back, new players in, uh, the, the, the bigger crowd in, like, there's lots of people there who haven't been in the game in a year and a half, like, all excited, under the lights, properly under the lights, so the atmosphere being better, and I, ju- I just felt with all that thrown into the mix, and, uh, like, with our injuries back and our, and our back five back together, I didn't f- see how they were going to penetrate us too much, like, I thought... Maybe they might get they might get a goal, maybe because they're a decent team. But I didn't think they score many more than one, and I I thought it was a goal in us too. So I just I just felt we were. Uh, I just I just had a gut feeling that we were going to win that night. Yeah. I just don't know what it was. I just I just could feel it. Yeah, it was it was it was the best atmosphere in the um, in the showgrounds that I can remember. In obviously you know there's been nobody in there for the last year and a bit or whatever, but the atmosphere was brilliant. It was just it was electric, and it was for the whole ninety minutes and. Um, I think uh, Ryan Matthews might say it in, in his shout from the shed and that's coming up, but um, the, the lads in the Jinx Avenue stand, they, they led the way. And like, I was never on my feet as much in the posh seats in, uh, in Tracy Avenue, uh, you know, singing and chanting and clapping, you know. It's a pity, so it's a pity that um, the RT cameras didn't really pick up the, the main stand getting involved in the atmosphere as much. Just watching it back, you can't hear them as much as... You should have really, because the there was it was all round. You can hear the the lads and the jinxes, and they never stopped all day, all yeah. game. They were unbelievable, sort of where they were credit to the club. Um, but it's just a pity you couldn't hear all the rest as well as clearly as a, as you should have. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we'll uh, we'll take our first shout from the shed end, and uh, this is for the Pats game, and uh, this is from Ryan Matthews. <laughs> How are you lads? Just doing the shout out from the shed. Um, I just thought from 1 to 11 today we were class. Um, I think the manager deserves a lot of credit. Um, he switched up the formation, went two up front and everything worked out very, very well. Um, I think the two boys up front were fantastic. Um, it's hard to pick a man in the match because I thought everyone was so good. Um, all you want is 11 players that will try um, for you every week and they did. Um, I'd have to go with John Mann as the TV gun. Um, I think people that know me are sick of listening to me about Sean Mann. I think he's been our player of the season this year. Um, I just think he's terrific. A um, couple other points I want to make as well. I think Ed McGinty catching crosses all season is unreal. He's so commanding in the box. Um, I genuinely think it could be a question for the lads. We probably have the best back five in the league. With Ed, Banks, Buckley, John and uh, Robbie McCourt. I think the, that's one of the best. Well, that, I think that is the best back five in the whole league. Um, and yeah, just a shout out to the Forza Rovers lads as well because I was in the railway end um, at the match and the atmosphere for the whole game was buzzing, the whole crowd was buzzing but it all came from their section so uh, fair play to the lads as well um, great win yeah, roll on Tuesday, thanks <laughs> So that's Ryan Matthews' shout from the shed end um, so um, first things first uh, I suppose there was a lot of doubters over there over the last number of weeks uh, in relation to uh, the manager, it might have been said publicly. Um, it, w- it wasn't said by any of us, but I think I know, I've had conversations with people who were questioning um, whether Liam Buckley was uh, the right man to deliver the team uh, towards the end of the season. And, um, you know, as Ryan said, uh, the change up in uh, formation, the new personnel came in. It was um, uh, it was all good stuff. Uh, Jerry, would you agree with uh, Ryan's summation of things? Yeah, it's a really good sum up of um, what the, I suppose, what the overall current situation is. Um, look, the, the, as he's saying about the back five, I don't think there's a stronger back five in the league. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, starting with McGinty and goals, as Brian said, look, comes for every cross, a uh, clean pair of hands all the time. And that gives, I'm sure, the, the, the back four uh, great confidence as well in that knowing that he's, he's behind them. Uh, well able to play the ball out for the back. The two fullbacks are playing almost like wing backs now as well, so they're, they're bombing down the line. Uh, but just the other thing as well, just to pick up on, uh, he was talking about the atmosphere, like the lads and the jinxes, like a uh, brilliant, brilliant atmosphere, and it was led by them. And 
I suppose it's a bit of a pity sometimes that um, maybe the lights, you see the lights of Ryan now moving into the railway away from the chances and whereas like the bowls, <laughs> no, but like where the lights of bowls and that, they're all kind of under one roof. Uh, That's because they have nowhere else to go though. Yeah, but it creates a great atmosphere because everybody's together. Yeah. Like, I say stand with Magoo the whole time and I start, half the time I'm singing on my own. I don't, it doesn't bother me, but it'd be great if everybody was under the one roof and we had like, say, you know, everybody in the shed or at the way we end with a roof over it and it'd be hopping all the time, I think. Yeah. It'd be more infectious. Yeah, and funny enough, I don't know, somebody mentioned it during the week as well about um, on Twitter about putting a roof on the, the railway and I know it's not a, a massive priority now and there's other uh, bigger plans uh, in the pipeline, but it would be great to have a roof over the railway and it would really, it would, um, it would really just change the dynamic of the whole stadium really, I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, it, it gives just that kind of vocal collectiveness, you know, under one roof and, you know, good, bad or different, I think you'd always kind of get a, a good kind of roar or sing together no matter how we're doing, where sometimes we have to do really, really well to get the whole crowd going. Um, but having said that too, it wouldn't be, it depends on money, which part of the stadium development comes first, like a roof on that stand could be the first thing that happens. Yeah, right, okay, yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, sorry, so just to go back into the, the back five and particularly John Mahan in, in the Pats game, ago, he was, it was, I know he's put in a number of like incredible performances, but his performance against Pats was just like he's so commanding, isn't he? Uh, he's outstanding. His performance, in, in, in fairness to him, um, like he's been good all season, but the last month or so, he's just raised his level again. He's been phenomenal in the last couple of weeks. Like again, in the Dundalk game, Pats game, the Drahada game, he's been brilliant for the last month or so, honestly. And I like, you know, we we wax lyrical about Gary Buckley and rightly so, like the bag goes round, he'll be playing with a fag in his mouth half time. But he Mahan is I'd say probably the best defender in the league. If you're going for if you want to pick a defender, a one hundred percent defender, John Mann is the best defender in the league in my book. Yeah. Without a shadow of doubt, everything. And I said it last I was saying it last week, or the week before, sorry, I wasn't on last week, about him having everything uh you want in a modern day defender, heading, tackling. Uh, good on the ball, not a, a comfortable in one-on-one situations. He has all that coming out, even the last day, coming out with the ball and going, I saw he come out with the ball and he laid it off and he, he went ahead then. He ran further on at the pitch looking for the ball back. Like he's yeah. losing the run. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sean, Robbie McCourt as well. He's been a bit of a game changer, not a revelation since he came back because we all know what he's capable of, but um, he he's... He's so important now, isn't he? He's different class. He's genuinely different class. I probably, people might think we're a little bit delusional at times, like but when we're saying, you know, he's the best back five and all that, but the stats back that up for us. And I think I agree with Magoo 100% that Mahan is the best all-around defender in the league, but I go at Robbie McCorp being the best left foot in the league. I think anyone just, anyone watching on, I don't know how they could disagree. He is he has everything. He's the best one-on-one defender I've come across in a long, long time. People cannot go by him. His positional sense is fantastic. He reads the game so well. And then his, his ability to get involved in the attacks then are just second to none. And then he has a peach of a left foot on him as well to top it all off. He's a perfect left foot, all-rounder. Uh, he's brilliant. And it's, it is, it's no coincidence that our form has changed since he's come into the team. Because yeah. even with even with Lewis Banks on the opposite side, the two of them have provided such width for us now. Yeah. Even when even with that narrow narrow diamond, you know, fair enough, we're very we're compact in the middle of the pitch. But those two up and down, they provided such width in the last two games that were absolutely immense. Uh, okay, so let's uh, get on to the goals. We we um, we had uh, a goal early on, which was great to settle the nerves and all that. Uh, I thought. The penalty, if I'm being completely honest, was very, very soft. Not that I'm giving out. Um, I don't know who you're shaking your head, Miguel. You don't think it was soft? No, I think it was legit. Well, it probably, it probably, it was legit. Yeah, like you could say it was a soft penalty, but like Mahan was the wrong side of Barrett. So once once he's the wrong side, then he's in trouble, and he puts his hand on him, and John's well entitled to go down. Timbers. Yeah, 
And then the referee's well the referee's well entitled to give the penalty once somebody falls after having a hand on him in the box. So and the referee was brilliant. Like you probably every Pats fan looking at it probably would say, Yeah, it was it was soft, but like if they really wanted to be given out of it, should we give it a little ferret? How do you get caught on the wrong side after three minutes of the game? Yeah. Like the first, on the a first free set kick. piece. Yeah, the first set piece and man fucking straight away is the is the wrong side of him, like so. It's a Barrett. Barrett knows what he's doing as well. And Barrett's praying that it's because it's in the first couple of minutes that the referee is just going to bypass that and let it go. Yeah. He knows he gives the little flick. He, usually you get away with them in the first couple of minutes of a game. But in fairness, the referee he was straight on it. Yeah, yeah. Excellent referee um, again in the League of Ireland. Yeah. So referee was brilliant all game. Yeah. If we get Couldn't... one given against us this week, I'll be giving out like fuck next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just, just on that though, um, from the game on Tuesday night there, I was talking to a few fellas at halftime, like literally three or four fellas. And I was saying to them, oh, you know, geez, they were kind of saying, oh, this game's not great. It's a bit flash and things like that. But I, I, blame, like, I blame the officials for that. Like the official in the, in the game against Dundalk, I thought was, was really, really poor, to be honest with you. He blew up for absolutely everything. Every yeah. tackle was a foul. Yeah. Um, and... He was throwing out yellow cards galore, and there wasn't a bad tackle again in the game. And if we want to get, like, if we want the ebb and flow of a game to 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 flow, um, we can't have the referees blowing the whistle like Popeye the Sailor Man every two seconds. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just ruining. They're ruining the game. There's no there's flow. No understanding of the game, Jerry. You see, that's the problem. Yeah. There's no understanding of. They're they're, they're refereeing by the book. By the letter yeah. of the law, whereas if you played the game, you could read the situation and say, yeah, look, he had his hand on his back, whatever, but he's, he's turned away from him, he's, he's into space. You know what I mean? You can read the situation and let the game flow. Yeah. But they just, oh, that's, that's rule 1.24, uh, free kick for that. Yeah. And every, free, every free kick then seems to be a booking. Yeah. 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 Thing to do your head in. Like, I was actually, even though we won the game, right, we won the last two games, but I was never probably as frustrated with a referee as I was on Tuesday night. And on, because, on Tuesday night? Yeah. I thought, I, and, and, and we're, we're ex- we, we think that, like, for someone that doesn't go to many games, we're nearly uh, institutionalised in, ter- in terms of referees because they're so bad, right? And they don't let the games flow. There's no consistency, consistency to their decision-making, okay? So the game is stop-start all the time. So if you're not used to that and you come along to a game then you think that the game is flat but it's not because of the players it's because of the officials they're, ru- they're ruining the game yeah I, I think they are consistent insofar as you know if a hand is put on the shoulder and the players go <sighs> down it's a, it's well, a free kick like, you know well okay then well I'll give you a good example so Connor. I'm agreeing with you though uh, I'm, agree- I'm agreeing with you no I know that I know that but look at Walter for, uh, against uh, Drogheda the the player had two hands on his back and the fella come in and slide tackles him yeah, yeah, in the box. Yeah. And that's not a penalty. Yeah. So then the following week, legitimately right uh, Barrett gets the wrong side of John Lamb, puts his hand on him and that's a penalty. Yeah. So where's the consistency of that? The consistency you see is there is no consistency. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And for, for people that don't go to games week in, week out, aren't die hard, League of Ireland fans. It's going to put them it, off. Yeah. yeah. And that, frust- that frustrates me because we're trying to promote the game. No, listen, and that's the whole conversation that's been had on social media and on podcasts for the last number of weeks about the standard of refereeing, yeah, and something has to be done, and we spoke about it ourselves last week. Um, just uh, on, uh, I'm going to talk about David Cawley as well in a minute, but um, what did you think of Pats overall? Like they, they, they played good football at times, but they were just, they were toothless. Toothless. Or... Your man, Alf, I thought Alfie, Alfie Lewis is an absolutely quality player. Great he's footballer. A, he's a top class player. Lovely player. Yeah, and he just, he, he just kind of, he ran the show in there at times, like you know, but thankfully for for, for our sake, um, they just they were they were pretty toothless up top. But did that. you not find that that that's what we were kind of we nearly allowed them to do that at times? Yeah, possibly. Play, yeah, yeah. play this lovely little football in in all the in all the wrong areas where it didn't affect us in any way. Yeah, like their attacks were basically lofted balls into the box. That's that's the majority of where their attacks came from in the end. They never tried to play through the lines because they knew they wouldn't break down our back four. So everything thought, they tried to do to play in over the top went out wide. I thought after we scored, they had 10 minutes where they were getting a lot of joy. And we, we had to switch from the diamond back to the to the flat four in midfield. Johnny was out right and McDonald yeah. was left. And we kind of, 
became more compact and then they started having to roll on then because we cut off the space for them in between the lines. But they're or like they their best opportunity comes it's a well it's a cross from that lad that's in from Bolton, the right back. And uh, Hickman. McGinty, yeah, McGinty gets the gets a hand to it, but it falls to the to the Aldi Jack Grealish and he just bangs it over the bar like so. <laughs> <laughs> so. Who's that, Billy King, is it? No, Matty Smith. Oh, Smith, Fuck. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a clown yeah. of a young fella. Um, <laughs> oh, what about um, what about Cauley? Is he on the EPO, is he? He's put in two uh, blockbuster performances, non-stop. What's, what's EPO? It's the human growth hormone called the cyclist stick. You wouldn't have that in uh, he was, he was, he's, he's been incredible for the last two games, though, hasn't he? Unbelievable. Energy Unbelievable. levels, commitment. Uh, the whole like, midfield the last two games. Yeah. Yeah. He has been exceptional. And that, that just as I'm coming off that dope, Matty Smith, that Megs as well that he he gets him with. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that was, oh, that should be on Soccer AM on, uh, you know, uh, that Megs thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't see better, lads, honest to God. Just yeah. sells him because he's running in. He's all he's all yeah. aggressive, trying to fucking jump in and get a kick out of him. Just think, that's <laughs> lovely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lewis Banks' father was sitting in front of me in the showground for that game. He he went to the wrong game. He should have gone to the the um, the Dundalk oh, game. Oh, but anyway, um, yeah. and uh, I was chatting to Lewis quickly afterwards after the game, and I said to him, uh, I said like, so where did that performance come from? And he kind of looked at me like I had two heads, and should we be putting that in? Week in, week out, obviously playing, you know, throwing the, the party line or whatever. But uh, uh, like David Cawley, it was an absolute captain's performance. Like it was the he was the club captain and he led the way. I felt in yeah. his attitude and, you know, some people uh, might have questioned whether uh, you know he's over the hill at this stage. But in the la- those last two performances have just been incredible. I think yeah. David's done that a couple of times now. He done that last season as well. Where you know people were starting to get away with critical of his performance and that, and then he just goes out and he shuts everyone up. Yeah. He done the same. Yeah. I I was I was critical of him at points last season, and he went out and he shut me up as well. Yeah, I have no problem saying it because I I genuinely thought he was outstanding the last two games. And as you says, Connor, it's it's well put. It was a captain's performance. Yeah, yeah. but David gets it. David gets yeah. it. Oh yeah, listen, yeah. there's no doubt about if anybody it. Anybody gets it, David gets it. Yeah. So I think now we're, we're due a David Cawley 35 yarder. Uh, yeah. You know, top corner uh, on on Saturday night. So I'm going to put a tenner on you, David. Come on, come on, buddy. Um, <laughs> but do you think as well, lads? So you know, um, I suppose we haven't really talked about right much, but yes, like the ball isn't coming back at us all the time. It's not putting. We're not under constant pressure in terms of midfield and in terms of defence. The ball goes up, it sticks. We're bringing people into play. It's very, very simple. We've been calling it out for all. Look, I know it's easier said than done signing a centre forward like that, but you know, maybe that allows other lads. You know, it changes the whole whole dynamic of the team. It maybe allows lads to play their natural game and and and, and kind of cuts the shackles off them a little bit to go about their business. Well, and, it, and it, it allows it allows you to to implement the structures that you work on in training, so. You know the whatever it might be, the ball goes into Andre Rice. It sticks for you know he holds the ball up for two, three, four, five seconds, whatever it might be. We get into a more attacking shape. Uh, players are where they expect and anticipate other players to be, and you're just in a, a much better position. Instead of balls going into the, the number nine and it bouncing straight back out, and you're just in recovery mode trying to figure out what sort of shape we're supposed to be in, like you know. It's allowing us as well to get our fullbacks into play properly now. Because where you have a, an oncoming midfielder coming into right, receiving the ball again, the boys can now overlap as well. And they're receiving the ball in, in dangerous areas. He, he's, he, he was, he's been probably the missing piece of the puzzle yeah. for us. And, you know, as Jerry's saying, or, or sorry, yourself, Connor, where he's holding the ball up for maybe five, six seconds, whatever it is, he's holding it up with purpose. Mm-hmm. He's... He's taking the ball. He's beating a man. Like, I've never seen someone to take the ball into him as calmly as he does, and he's taking it on the turn, and he's getting into an attacking position. Yeah. Or else he's automatically he's laying it off to someone that's in a better position than he is. Himself and the Freese have um, struck up a nice uh, partnership as well there as well. They have a very good understanding. And then Johnny is he's thriving 
with right beside him because defenders can't deal with him then. Yeah. The space he's he's getting after that it's it's brilliant to watch. So what about what about Magoo uh, that's Ryan DeVries goal? Sorry, yeah, no, I was just gonna say before the goal, I have two boys like uh, Rice and Johnny Kenny are gonna cause so many problems for defense with with the way to play because as boys were saying, but Wright wanting to come deep and Johnny wanting to go the other way, it's giving the, it's gonna give defenders awful problems. Because even if you go one on one, if you go one on one, the two center has go take a man each. And you go like one one defender is no good going with right. You saw that the other night against Pats. He had three fellas hanging off in one side. He was like a father trying to walk through the house with the kids hanging off the arms and the legs and everything. Yeah. Was turning and there were there was like three of them hanging off him. Like so it's they're gonna cause awful problems and it's to, to our benefit, obviously, because once if if two are going with right, then Johnny and Ryan are free. And as for Ryan's strike the other night, it was just like you know you have he has it in his locker, like we just haven't seen and I tell the one thing about the freeze, especially against Pats, was like you know he has that ability in them areas of the pitch, and like it's not a, it's not a shock for us to see it. Like it's not, it was no surprise. Well, it's surprising in a way because we haven't seen it enough, but we know he has the ability. Mm. But his his work rate throughout the game was uh, was phenomenal. Like at, at one stage in the first half, he was back slide tackling in the box. Like I was looking at him coming, I was like, oh Jesus, don't, 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 don't. Next thing, slides in, perfect tackle. Away we go off the pitch again, and he's up in support. Like so, you know, we we've been questioning his fitness and stuff for the last couple of months. So I think we have to give him his due that he, he proved us wrong there on on Saturday night with his fitness. Like his work rate for the night for as long as he was on the pitch was phenomenal. Yeah, it, this number ten role is suiting him perfectly as well because it was a complaint I think we all had about him when we seen him playing in the number nine was that he was dropping way too deep and trying to track too many runners and stuff like that. But now in the ten, he kind of gets a wee bit of a freer role to do that where it's not affecting us then because we still have Johnny and Andre off top. So I think we're getting away with that and it actually suits us a wee bit better as well. But I, th- I think I think we're going to, we can nearly go through the 1 to 11 like for special shout outs and all that. But one person I think we have to talk about as well is Adam McDonald. I think he's been brilliant since he came into the side. I think in the, especially in the last two games as well, he's totally he was fantastic. Yeah. What, what I love about him is his, his, his attitude, like, you know, uh, and I think he has... Obviously, the left foot is important. It, cre- it gives us more options in the middle of the park. But his um, he brings an attitude that that lifts the team as well. And like you know, I mean, the, since he joined the, the, the well, when he joined the club, you know, he's seen nothing but losses and, and occasional draws. Like so, he, he might have thought that he was a he was bringing bad luck to us. But um, you know, I, I do think that he is. You know, if I'm if I'm picking a team, he's the type of player that I want. I thought he was around. bringing bad luck. I was telling them to run him. <laughs> yeah, but he's the, he's the type of player that I would be picking all day long. Just I love I love yeah. that kind of attitude, like you know, and like he's he's we spoke about it before after we he was on the podcast. He's he's battle hardened as well from his time in England. Like he has been in the trenches, like you know, yeah. and he knows the crack, like you know. His reading of the game, though, Connor, as well, is brilliant. Like there's an awful lot of times during that Pats game, like he's covering in behind players and that, you know, he's reading the game really really well. And play, you know, a lot, not everyone's going to notice that and give him his juice for that, but it is something to keep an eye on because he is, he's got a, he's very, he's a very intelligent footballer. Yeah. Well, to be honest, Sean, for, for, for the diamond formation to work, they all have to be in that midfield area, especially, have to be the intelligent footballers. Yeah. They have to get through so much work and they have to cover so much ground. Like they're on their own. He's on his, he is that left side of the pitch on his own. He has no one within, how many yards like he doesn't yeah. have a fielder within 20 yards from he's further like so he has to be and then on the other side David we know David's capabilities and his intelligence through the game and Greg sitting deep in the number six obviously can read the game and his intelligence like so they all need to be on it both football wise and and reading the game wise and, and filling holes and where to the spaces to fill into and that kind of stuff so it all like it's it suits them perfectly really yeah it's, I agree with you 100% yeah Lads, lads, can I ask you a question? Like, in fairness, you probably know more about formations and systems than, than I would. But one thing that I've noticed, and I think Magoo, you touched on earlier, is that we're actually starting to change formation uh, for small periods throughout the game. And that's something I don't think we were doing previously. So do you think that maybe Andre Wright has kind of helped in that regard, in that we can change from a diamond to a 4-4 one one or what what do you think 
Definitely, Jerry. Definitely, because I think you even seen at times there uh, against Pats in the second half was the freeze dropping out to the left and we were creating a wee bit more width that way. Whereas Pats had kind of, you know, they seen that we were narrow and we were coming down the, the wings through our fullbacks. Whereas in the second half, then we gave them another little bit to think about was by creating our, our forward players a little bit wider. It gave them, they couldn't, they couldn't get their fullbacks up as much because they had to worry about the freaks and Johnny coming in on the wings as well. So we are, we're, we're very clever now tactically. Well, in the last two games, right, let's, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. In the last two games, we have been a lot more switched on tactically from what I was watching as well. So I'd agree with you there. Um, Sean touched on it a couple of weeks ago and like no disrespect to George, that has, uh, to George Gibson, but Sean did say after he's gone to that we might make this more uh, versatile and flexible in formations. And I think that's also playing out a wee bit in it. Ah, fuck him, he's useless, Gibson. He's useless. <laughs> well, he came on for uh, Carlisle It's okay there. to say it now. It's okay to say it now, like. <laughs> he came on for Carlisle at the weekend in the last two one to, to Crawley Town, I think. Anyway, I actually watched, I watched the highlights and he set up the, the, the Carlisle goal. All right, okay. Brilliant piece of skill. So. Yeah, it was. Great assist. Yeah. But he's still shy. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, let's... Uh, we got rid of him. What's that, Magoo? Anybody who doesn't play with us is shite. Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll get into our uh, second batch of shouts from the shed end. Uh, as I said, we have uh, uh, an international lineup uh, coming up for you. We've got, um, we've got Florian from Frankfurt. Uh, we've got Joseph Lima from California. We've got Sean from America. And uh, some of these are, you know, they're extended shouts from the shed end, which you're looking at. If somebody's sending in a shout from California, our, our, um, or wherever it might be, we're not gonna we're not gonna edit it down, and we'll kick things off with Dave McGee. Well, lads, Dave McGee, Ballasadere here. My show from the shed end for both games over the last couple of days. First off, the Pats game, really impressed the performance. Um, they kicked on from the draw with Drogheda, and we're on it right from the start. And um, the whole team were, were faultless to a man, and um, you know it was really really good in terms of effort, attitude, work rate. Um, the back four again were immense, you know, with the best goalkeeper and the best centre half pair and, and the best centre half and John Mahan in the league. And McCourt was superb as well, as was Lewis Banks. Um, I think De Vries was brilliant again in terms of effort and capped his performance with a crack and strike. Last night, first half of the game uh, against Dundalk was sloppy from both sides and that showed in the manner of how the both goals were conceded. Going from there though, you know, in the second half, um, I think we, we got right back into it straight away. I think McDonald looked, tried, looked to try and create. Um, he was unlucky uh, to, to come off with an injury and that might just been a run of two games in, in quick succession. But overall, both games, defence, fantastic. Uh, McGinty and Mahan in particular. And a big, big six points and hopefully we can kick on and beat Shams then on Saturday. On a bit of red. Hello, uh, this is Joseph from Southern California. Uh, first time caller uh, to the podcast, long time listener, of course. Um, I just wanted to say as a reminder that it is all a miracle. The fact that I am in Southern California um, caring about and uh, following a club in Sligo um, says something about the Sligo Rovers. The fact that I'm not alone in this internationally, um, the fact that expats from Sligo or uh, eagerly uh, on their seat uh, every game day in Dublin and uh, across Ireland um, is a testament to who the club is, what it stands for, and um, I take that to heart throughout the low points in the season. Um, I don't think that at any point during the recent spate of downturn, it was that bad. Um, in fact, um, if just a couple of those games were ground into uh, draws, I don't think um, we would be uh, in the situation that we're in now, even. Um, but um, uh, it's still a special team, it's uh, still a miracle, and um, I'm truly grateful to be. Uh, a supporter of it. Um, 
there's still no ceiling for the club. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they can still do great things this season. Uh, again, if they would have just ground out a couple draws, maybe continued further than one round in either the Cup or uh, in Europe, then again, I think people would be um, feeling a little bit better about things. But uh, all upside, and um, I'm glad to see that uh, uh, people are slowly coming back to the showgrounds as well. So uh, continue to be safe. I uh, hope everyone's vaccinated. I hope people are supporting one another. I hope people are supporting our uh, uh, healthcare workers and first responders who are still doing the work. Um, because again, I think that even on games that were lost, um, there was maybe someone in the hospital um, at Sligo University Hospital who was listening to a game and got joy out of that, even, even with the loss or um, uh, because it means more than, uh, people realize. So anyway, um, please be well, enjoy the rest of the season and, uh, up the rovers. This is Florian speaking from Frankfurt. Um, the last game, uh, it was brilliant. Andrew White did a good, really good game. And uh, I think Sligo has the best uh, defense in the Irish League. So I think uh, you will go on straight like that. And I wish you all the best uh, from uh, Frankfurt. This is Sean from America. It's two in a row. And uh, things are starting to turn around for us. Um, we're a little bit shaky at the start up until their goal. Then we got, got it right back and settled in. Um, Still a couple of sloppy passes, uh, making it a little bit harder on ourselves, but the back four were immense. And uh, what can you say about McGinty? He was amazing. Um, starting to get a couple of goals, so that's great to see. Um, both goals were really good. And uh, for me, man of the match, McGinty. Um, I think he kept us in it and controlled the area. Uh, well, uh, so things are starting to look up. Uh, even the substitutions are starting to come a little bit earlier, so that's nice to see. Um, bring on uh, the Shams on Saturday. Let's make it three in a row. Up the Rovers. So that's your shouts from the shed end. Uh, coming to you from all over the world, you can get your shouts in after the Shams game uh, to our WhatsApp number 085815. 9767. That's 085-815-9767. Or alternatively, as always, you can email us podcast at borst.ie and uh, and we'll get them that way either. Um, okay, so um, I think it was, was it David who said we had a sloppy start against uh, against Dundalk? I think that's, uh, I think everyone would agree with that really, wouldn't they? Yeah, I was, it was sloppy. I think there was a wee bit of nervous uh, came into it that you know even from the fans I think you know even the fans couldn't get going from the start it was just everyone was just a wee bit tentative about it I think there you know there was a lot to ask as well as certain players you know two big high pressure games in quick succession like you look at the likes Andre Wright hasn't played much football in recent times maybe Adam McDonald Robbie McCor coming back from injury you know there's a few players out out a wee bit of length of time so to Make two big games in quick succession was a was a big ask. So the first forty five just we weren't on it as such. We were okay in patches, but it's in the second half we really got going. Terry, were you worried after the Patrick Hoban going after after eighty minutes or so? Keep yeah. asking me on my worries. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right, Jerry, yeah. Everything okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> if you were to ask me this time last week, I wouldn't have been as, as good as I am now. But um uh yeah, look. Look, showed great character, um, and that's something that we, do you know, like last season or other seasons where we went to go behind, we're like, oh no, there's not a hope of us getting back into it. But like, even at one nil down, I know we got a quick goal back, but we don't seem to hit the panic button, or we don't see, feel sorry for ourselves as much as we used to one time. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't as worried as I would have been one time. No. Yeah. Um. 
there, you're right though. There, there was a, there was a slightly different atmosphere for the Dundalk game for you know whatever midweek game. You know yourself, obviously. Um, so I, I was and like and we were speaking about it again before we we started recording this evening. But um, and even I said I said it to my father like you know with the the lineup the players that they have. I know they're they're you know they've a heap of injuries and they had the two red cards after the Longford game. So they're they're significantly down numbers, but it's a team with Hoban who scored, Michael Duffy, uh, Will Patchen who who scored uh, in his last game for Derry in the showgrounds. Um, you know they have they have um, they have loads of strength there uh, despite their um, their, their injuries. Um, but uh, we did show that kind of resilience that we were looking for 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 weeks and weeks and weeks, and. Um, you know, I can't actually. What, what, what was the Magoo? What was the Andrea Wright goal like? I just can't think of it now at the moment. What happened? For who? I think it was the Cauley, but it was across the box and John. So back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny back post. Over it in the front post, yeah, and it went straight through to Andrea in the back post. Yeah. For, for Andy, you know, finish for him. Yeah, so it was. Um, it was a quick that, reply. That was kicking fresh air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, God bless uh, Alessio Abibi. Um, oh my god! I, I feel sorry for that guy at this stage. I mean, I think I don't. I just don't think it's right what's going on there really at this stage. Like you know, oh, I, was, I, was looking, I was looking for a replay of the goal on uh, Twitter and Facebook, and I couldn't see it anywhere. Yeah, I, I had to watch it back as well, Jerry. I was looking for it too. I had to watch it back on LOA TV, and oh my god, it's it it's bad. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's like when your kids playing out in the street, and you know you're when you're going in goals, making these spectacular saves. <laughs> Just for the look of it. And that's yeah. what, all he used to do was just stand up and tap it over the bar and he goes with this big mad dive and just gets a tip and just drops into the into the goals. It's it's horrific. You can right. even, you can see the Dundalk center, I, I think it's Andy Boyle. And he just puts his head in his hands and yeah. says, Oh, not again. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. I mean uh, I wouldn't feel sorry for him getting paid a fortune, so well that's the other side of it, yeah. He's cat yeah. though, like this distribution, humping balls into the stand and yeah, playing balls, playing passes where there's just no player there. Like it's just you know, where did he come from? Where did they get him from? Not too sure. They got, they got him from an Italian club or something. Like he was like reserve keeper at some Italian club, I think. Like, Jesus Christ. And like yeah. they persistently play him, like you know. Yeah. But um but anyway, like just just on the Hoban goal, like that was there was a bit of a, a bit of a balls up our side with um with McDonald's header, like it was it was uh, and McGinty should have been should have been all over that ball really. I actually I actually I, I, I seen the goal, but I was down the railway end, and to be honest with you, it was very difficult to make out what happened. Um, and I I, I didn't see the game back, so uh, and like that too, I haven't seen any highlights of of his goal online, but. Uh, you know, maybe you could kind of run us through, Connor, because I, I know myself Magoo would have been down the far end and he was... Well, the, 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 uh, I think I'm right in saying that um, the, there, was a cross, there was a cross that was tried, that um, Adam McDonnell, he was facing McGinty, facing her own goal. He tried to kind of head it backwards, but it, it just went straight up into the air and uh, McGinty was there. He, he could have, maybe I'm wrong now, but I think he could have claimed the ball and... Um, it falls to it might have been Patching who took the, the shot, but it was Hoban then who kind of turned it in from six yards out or whatever distance it was. But I guess I think we were just we were sixes and sevens, and maybe you know that that could have been prevented because although they they did open us up a couple of times uh, across the game, but um, you know it was kind of we ended up being a little bit I don't know I was on tender hooks when maybe we shouldn't have been like for, for parts of the game, you know. But just on the on their goal, the one thing that I like, I, I didn't, I seen it in the flesh, but it was far, it's like far away, and um, uh, <laughs> yeah, spotted head and all that. But anyways, um, Daniel I, Daniel McDonald put up at the time was looking back at the tweets and he was saying, brilliant uh, team goal from Dundalk, one of the best team goals you'd see, and it was fellas laughing at him because like he was, they were like, what are you on about? Like he's obviously he's a Dundalk fan, we all know that, but uh, I think he got a bit carried away with himself and he was called out, but. but uh, yeah, well, the, so think, the, the movement, the Dundalk's movement down the left-hand side to, you know, to, to start the attack wasn't bad, but they got they got lucky in the end with uh, um, a poorer clearance from from us, like you know. But anyway, um, we wanted to have a chat as well about um, uh, Walter Figueroa, who came on as a sub, and um, what he what he brought to the game. Um, he another fellow who's been kind of flying under the radar recently, but he was he's been really stepping up to the plate in the last couple of games. Uh, 
operating off the bench, bench, but proving a real threat. And he's really, he looks like he's invigorated, isn't he, Sean? Different player altogether in the last few weeks. Um, the energy he brought on the other night against Dundalk was something else. Uh, he kept getting at Nalice that he didn't know what to do with him. He was, he was petrified of him every time he came at him. Uh, used the ball very well. Uh, some very clever passes in around the area. As I says already, looking to get by players, looking to get to the byline and get the ball into the box. Just really, really, really impressive performance when he came on. And it's just, it's another weapon to add to the Arsenal now as well. Like he can start games, obviously, but to have him coming off the bench in that kind of form is going to petrify teams because coming in late into, late into games when you're getting tired, that's the last thing you need is someone like that coming on because he is very clever. And if he can get into the box, I think there was even a time there against the dog, he could have went down where he was a little bit too honest. And, you know, if you're, if you're coming into games like that, you know, it's, it's going to cause serious issues for teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, he looks great. Uh, Magoo, I was kind of disappointed for Johnny Kenny getting hooked. I thought there was goals there for him. And um, I can't remember what, did, did he come off at? He might have come off for 20 minutes to go, did he? Maybe 15 minutes to go? I can't really remember now. But he, I, I definitely, if I was him, I would have been gutted because you had a feeling that, that there was goals coming. Obviously, he scored the penalty in the previous game. But I just felt like, leave him on the pitch and just just, yeah. just leave him on. Spaces were starting to open up, obviously, to, as it does late in games. And especially with likes of water coming on, running at fellas. And, you know, Sean said, last thing you want to see with 20, 15, 20 goals, likes of water coming on, to head down, just want to charge at everybody. And it's going to leave gaps somewhere else and spaces. And Johnny, it, like he, I'd say what else would have disappointed him too was the fact that just a couple of minutes before that, he missed a glorious chance. Like it was a great ball by yeah. Paul. He slipped, slipped him in behind. Like and he, he just put over very. He tried to put too much on it. Like you know, he's he's a bit. He is still that bit. We bit anxious and a bit. Probably has it about, and that's probably in, in fairness. That's probably due to the way it's been happening for him all season, where he scores, plays a good game, and he's left out to the next game, and he he probably feels that he has to every time. He's anxious with every chance he gets, but like. The more the more he plays and the more he gets them chances, like he will score goals. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. no doubt about it. Like I, I think there's no I think there's absolutely no doubt about it either. And I don't know if he's anxious. I wouldn't um I think he's he his willingness to get shots off early is gonna come good at some stage for him, like you know. Yeah, I think he had another touch in that one. I think he had another touch in him before he took that shot on. Yeah, but, but his 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 forty down through the years is striking early though. He's always yeah. it's always been his thing. He's always got shots off fairly like. Well, it's a it's a clever tactic because you're not giving a keeper time to sell himself or you know to read what you're going to do. If you can get your shot off earlier, yeah. you are more more likely you're going to score like. So, yeah. yeah. The one thing I the one thing I to Johnny though, right, is that don't be listening to us talking shite. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, and I wouldn't be listening to uh, reading any shite on social media. Like, we're all fucking, you know, outfellas that, you know, think we know everything about football. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't listen to anything that any of us are saying or anything anybody else to say. Play your game, relax, and just play. Do you know what that's, I mean? That's what you say to him, even though he shouldn't be listening to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I hope he's not listening. So, I said, are you trying to double bluff him? No, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, when you're 18, you're a simpleton. He's a simpleton. You, you, you take everything to heart, and yeah, you kind of over maybe overthink things. Look, he's 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 a natural born footballer. He's natural born finisher. Well, I think I think well, I think in fairness to um, the insightful information that's been given out in the podcast by <laughs> some really knowledgeable people is we're, we're telling them to keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, keep doing. Yeah, what he's yeah, doing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. you know, the, the penalty against Pats again. He's in. It's like he's a rugby player, like scrummaging for the ball on the ground. It's like give me that ball. I'm taking this penalty. You know. Well, like I, I think he's on really. Oh, I think he's got. He's got all. That. He's got all the, the attributes. He's got. Look, he's clever. He works hard. He's honest. Uh, and he's nasty, um, and he's selfish, uh, and they're all the things you need to be as a centre forward. But I, what I'm just saying is, look, he's 18. If I was him, I'd be saying, look, don't listen to them podcasts, don't listen to read any of the social media. Just go out and play your game, and you have all, you have all the attributes to to be a top top footballer, and uh, just go and play. I think he's surrounded by very good people in around the club as well, though. 
Ah, yeah. Helping on the right way, you know, Liam Buckley, John Russell, Conor O'Grady. There is, and then his his own father at home has been through it all. So, you know, he's yeah. surrounded by good people. He has a good structure in in place there, you know. And, and he's he, he's a top lad on top of that as well. He it, like none of this has gone to his head. No. And there was a little debate on social media. Um, would you take uh, Would you take Patrick Hoban uh, over Andre Wright? Not in a million years. No way. Magoo? No chance. No, no chance. Not even footballing wise, right? Not even footballing wise. But they're a fucking shower of mercenaries up in the dock. I wouldn't yeah. want any of the fuckers. Seriously. I'm telling you now, watch watch the cup games. Or to say, like I said at the start of the season, that then dock would be no threat for the league. Yeah. You did? If you, if, if you saw last year how they played in Europe and how they played in the cup compared to how they played in the league. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no win bonuses on league games. Fucking mercenaries. You win bonus on the cup games. There's win bonus on European games. And if they get to the relegation playoffs, there'll probably be a win bonus on it. And they'll win it. Well, do you know what I said to uh, uh, I said to Nina McGowan coming out of the showgrounds? How can they progress through three, three rounds of Europe and then put in performances like they do against against Longford? And there you go, McGowan. You've just answered it, I suppose, have you? It's down to the win bonuses. Down to the win bonuses. They'll all be gone. None of them are on contracts. They'll all be gone at the end of the season. Yeah. Even there, Hoban, I think like he hasn't turned up all season. I know he had injuries and stuff like that, but in the last couple of weeks, he started to show up. He's looking for his move. That's you know that's what he's looking for. I would I wouldn't take him in the showgrounds anyway. I don't think he fits in with what we're trying to achieve here at the club. So no, he is a winner and everything else. So look, he's been a top quality striker, but Andre right all day for me. And the club should be doing everything in their power to get him tight. Yeah, what, what do we have to do to keep to keep this guy for next season? You know, get into Europe. Get into Europe, yeah, yeah, and then give him whatever. The hell he wants. Just give it to him. <laughs> any women in the any women in the town want to tie him down. Literally. We need to get that nightclubs open. Pronto. Ass has done some damage to players in the past. Okay, so uh, anything else on Dundalk? Well, um, we played we played him in uh, what less than two weeks again. That's correct, yeah. Bring them on. Yeah. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how they get on in the next game. Yeah, it I don't think they're going to be any different from now until the end of the season. So I just really, really quickly, I, and I know we spoke about it before uh, we hit record Let's as well. Uh, Magoo, do you think they could go down? No, like I said, they'll probably if they get to the relegation playoff, the, the club will offer them a, a win bonus. For you. <laughs> uh, Sean, do you think they'll go down? No, they're probably too good to for whoever to do meet in the playoff. Their only oh. probably chance of going down is if Shells had somewhere <laughs> messed up and ended up in the playoff. Well, go- Shell's probably winners. Galway and UCD, yeah. I think, are... The I think they're, they're far better than whatever else is down there. Jerry? No, are I worried? don't... Are you worried, Jerry? No. <laughs> <laughs> no not in the slightest uh, for this one. But you know what? Um, I think we're doing Dundalk a bit of a disservice. We're making them out to be actually worse than what they were. I thought they were decent, to be, to be fair. Yeah, Particularly nice. the first They're, they're that- a good team. That's what and, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying by the, the 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 fact that they scored that goal. Like they, I, I thought they played reasonable football as well. Yeah, yeah. Like the two, like oh, they were actually a different team. They were actually a different team than the the team that played Longford. Like you had Michael Duffy that came back into the starting eleven. You had uh, the two lads that came back from international duty as well. Uh, the two defenders. Not, not a left back. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kuskis. like they were a stronger team than what played Longford. And I mm. thought they played well. There's absolutely no chance of them going down. Even if they're only cruising, they're still going to be too far too far too good for the likes of Galway. Yeah. Um, okay, so for the St. Pat's game, we gave away a case of White Hag. We ran our beer scorecast competition on social media. And we had four or five people uh, who guessed the correct score of 2-0. And uh, we had our, our uh, high-tech draw that was uh, administered and delivered by Jerry O'Connor and uh, our winner, Jerry was Ailish Downs. Ailish Downs. Avenue. So we'll have to get uh, your uh, have to get your uh, email address, Tracy or um, Ailish, sorry, and um, we'll get Tracy's as well. We'll get Tracy's and um, we'll get your man Jinx and we'll get we'll get them all out. Yeah, <laughs> Tracy's so, Andre, right? <laughs> we'll, yeah. uh, we're gonna. We're going to run uh, the beer score cast again for the Shamrock Rovers game. So all you have to do is uh, predict the score uh, ahead of the game and uh, use the hashtag beer score cast and tag the white hag and tag the trust. And um, the winner, if there's a number of people who have the same scoreline, uh, Jerry will conduct another 
draw and um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out who our winner is that way. Okay, so will we uh, look ahead to Saturday at 7.45 in the showgrounds? Uh, it's sham, sham time. So uh, who wants to go first? What, what are our thoughts here? I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't have had a better run in uh, to this fixture. Uh, uh, so, Jerry, uh, what wh do you think? How's this going to play out? What, what do you want to see? Obviously, you want to see the the same kind of, um, you want to see that same attitude going into the game. I'm foaming at the mouth, so I can't wait for it. Absolutely <laughs> foaming at the mouth. I'm like uh, a dog with rabies. I can't wait to get roaring and shouting at them. Dog with two uh, Mickey's. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And you know what? Look, within the last few games, really taking the pressure off going into it. Uh, you know, normally you'd be kind of, oh, you know, you'd be desperate. Look, we are desperate for points, but I think, you know, we look looking at the three games that we had in a row at home. You'd be delighted with six points. We've got six points, so I think it's kind of a free hit at them, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think uh, Magoo. I think the, the fact that we are we've got the sense of momentum now. There's 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 no reason why we can't stick it to them. And I don't think it's a case of you know if we win, it'll be catching on catching them on the hop. Uh, I think we can really we can really challenge them on Saturday. Oh yeah, I think we can too, and I think. Um, you know, just the way Jerry is there, I think most of the town is the same way, waiting for the game. So I think, I think the the atmosphere is going to be mental. I think it's it's going to be a brilliant atmosphere, and I think the crowd are going to play a huge partners. And I I give us every chance. Like I, if you're if you're looking at it, uh, trying to look at it neutrally and objectively, like it's still it's an awful. I think it's a tough game to call. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I honestly think it's a tough game to call. Like and that. You know, when you think about it like that, it kind of makes it a, bit, a wee bit bittersweet when you look how far we've fallen behind in our recent space or something. Because if you look at the teams, I don't think, do you know what, there's not there's not a whole pile, if you put out the two first 11s, there's, not, there's probably not a whole pile between it. So uh, it's, I think we've every chance to get something out of the game. You know, I don't think it'll be, it won't be a major shock if we win it, but then it wouldn't be a major shock if we were to lose it neither. Like, I think, I really think it's a close, it's a tough one to call. Yeah. I think, I think, Midfield is be where it'll be one and lost. Like, yeah, um, Adam McDonald went off. He kind of went. It looked like he went off for the groin strain. Um, so we like we need we need Cawley, Bulger, and McDonald really in there, don't we? That's we need the same eleven we've had now for the like against the dog. We played Simon again, and you know there was times when the dog were were having a lot of the ball, and we didn't switch it back the same as we did against Pats and like that's I was thinking why would he not switch but then I was thinking if this is the, the formation he's complaining going forward then he's right to stick with it and get them used to it and get them up to speed in it and keep it going so I, I obviously think we'd, we'd probably start with a diamond so I think we need the same starting 11 Yeah uh, Sean they've, they, they beat Waterford handy enough 2-0 in their last game um, they lost to Harps before that, and they scraped by Longford and Drogheda in the two previous games. So you could say that they're not—they're not, they're not uh, firing on all, on all cylinders either. I think that'll be the consensus for them all season, though. To be honest with you, Connor, I don't fear them one bit. Um, I think they've been unconvincing all season, and give them their credit where it's due. They've battled on throughout games and got late winners. Yeah. Um, I think that's a mentality thing they have, and in fairness, you know they have that. Give them credit, but it's not the team that was there last season that played that tore teams apart and played them off the park, and you know we're a different level to, to most teams. The sham side I've seen this uh, this season, it they're a good team, very good individual players in cases, but nothing, nothing to get overly wound up about. Uh, I thought the last day we played them in Tala, we played them off the park. We were brilliant that day, and I think. We need to just set up for ourselves and not set up for them. We, we'll go ahead with our diamond again with the two up top. Let them adapt to us. They're coming down here. I think we could actually, I think we're more likely to win the game than they are going off the, the last couple of weeks. I think we're in a good run of form. I think the players will be up for it. Fans will definitely be up for it. They're in a rocky stage themselves. And I don't think a 2 0 win over Waterford is just going to be enough to get them out of that straight away. Yeah. I think this is a, this is a massive game for them because. We handed them, we gave them 
let them put one hand on the title, so so to speak, by beating Pats the last day. So now this is, it's up to them to take advantage of that and create create a gap. So they, mm-hmm. they have a lot of pressure coming into this game as well. This is a massive game for them. And it also gives us a chance that if we were to beat them, there's an outside chance we're in the title race again. Well, I was just going to say that uh, <laughs> I win for I win for the for the bit of red, and it really puts the cat among the pigeons in relation to the the top three. Um, I mean, I'm only going to re- repeat the points that you're making. Uh, insofar as Pats will, it'll pick the ears of Pats. And um, yeah, what do you think, Jerry? Are we back in the hunt? It's game on again. Um, I seen a tweet from uh, Darren Darren McMahon there yesterday, and he was saying the same thing. Like, you know, big Pats and. We're probably back in the in the or beach sham, sorry, and we're back in the title race. And I was thinking, ah, come on, Dara, you know, settle yourself down, lad. But yeah, look, you know, you never say never. Um, like I'm not as I'm not I wouldn't be impressed by the Sham Rovers team this year at all. Uh, they're very, very workmanlike. Uh, there's no no bit of guile or spark to them at all. They're very dour, workmanlike. But I haven't said that too, they have a great winning mentality and the amount of games that they were they've won in injury time to have that belief, you know, you can never write them off at the same time. Look, it, it, it's it's a very very long shot, but look, I, know, I don't I don't know if it is. A, yeah, I don't know if it is a long shot. They play Pats directly after us, and so we play Shams again then in another three weeks time. So it's it's all um, yeah maybe yeah. It's gonna be like it could be an absolutely cracking end to the season. Go on, Sean. Yeah. I do, look, I've said it from the start that we're not in a title race, but just <laughs> it's just it just creates a little bit of a little bit of something. But look, it puts us in the right direction. As I says, aim for first. You won't learn much lower than third. So yeah. you know that's and that's where we want to land anyway. So just create that distance between us and fourth. That's the main thing at the moment for us. You know, the, the other side of this, the other side of all of this, right, is I know we've we had the poor run of games. Yeah. But really, you know, the measure of management is if you can get the team going at the right part of the season, you know, when the chips are down, you know, about timing, about, you know, timing the... the Time is everything. Yeah. You know, you, you, you should be running at the right... There's no point in breaking your ass in the middle of the season and falling apart well, at the final hurdle. There's one, there's one problem to that, though, Connor. We're out of the cup. In, in what way? I know, I know, we all know that. Yeah, but I'm saying if we had to play half season in the middle of the season, we'd still be in the cup. Now coming into the business end of the season, when you want to be still coming, coming good when the when the prizes are handed out. Yeah, but I suppose like like in the context of look, we'd all love to be we'd all love to be in the running for the cup, but like our our primary goal this year is to maintain our European position and. Um, you know, we had disappointment in the cup. We had disappointment in all cup fixtures, in all cup competitions this year, including European football. Um, but I suppose my point is, I think what I'm trying to say is that had um, if we could put a real run in, and you know, we guarantee it looks like we're going to guarantee European football, and maybe we're t- challenging for a title. We look back on that as as an incredible season, mm-hmm. I guess. Oh, absolutely. It's just when you look when I looked at this. You know, even when you look at the defence, like with the best defence in the league, if you're hard bet, you always have a great chance in the cup. Uh, yeah. be, it would be a bit of a, if we if we put a run together between now and the end of the season, it would be an awful opportunity missed for how we yeah. went out and who we went out to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like, yeah. I mean, you can't argue with that. Like, you know, you can't argue with that. But then, you know, we get, get all those distractions out of the way. European football carry on and, you know, Cork City. <laughs> we'll, lie, we'll lie down here for Cork City. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Have we anything else to uh, touch on? Uh, will, we, will we wrap things up? Yeah. Just just make Saturday come quicker. <laughs> Let's get it on. <laughs> You're absolutely buzzing Actually, first. You know what? For everyone there, something Jerry touched on right at the start is, you know, everyone that goes to the game on Saturday night, if we can make as much noise yeah. as possible, make it a cauldron. Yeah. 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 Just get behind the team. You never know what will happen, lads. Yeah. yeah. And the four four of the boys to take the lead and really rattle, you know, the Jinx Avenue stand. And if they do that, um we'll we'll make some noise over. Yeah, because the they've Avenue taken stand. they've they've taken their allocation, it's sold out. 
Yeah. Oh, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to come down. They're going to make some noise. So let's give it back to them. And you know they're going to bring a bit of trouble as well with them. So fucking... Yeah. Hit them where it hurts and just but break them. Their, their allocation will only be 200 or so, won't it? Yeah. Be 10% of the 210. Yeah. Of the 2010. Of 2100. And, you know, they're not allowed into the toilets because they seem to have a problem with wrecking toilets. Like, and... <laughs> Surprised they went in in the first place. <laughs> It was a windy. It was a windy night up in Finn Park. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't to do a piss, Jerry. Anyway, I can tell you that. <laughs> they were using the back of the toilet, right? But it wasn't for pissing. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It was a windy night up in uh, Finn Park. That oh, you, yeah. need, you need. Yeah. The wind is no good. <laughs> it's hard to catch it when it's windy. <laughs> right. Okay. We'll wrap things up, are we? Yeah. Yeah, let's wrap things up. That's uh, episode 40 uh, of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, The White Hag. Thanks to Barry Creek's listeners in Sligo and Dublin for the continued support. And um, just to mention to uh, enter the uh, Beer Scorecast competition ahead of the Shamrock Rovers games, I must, uh, the Shamrock Rovers game, I must remember to get that out. Um, not at the last minute, but with you know 24 hours to go at least. Okay, Magoo, thanks a million. Cheers, Connor. Donor, thank you. Yes, Connor. Up the uh, real rovers. Uh, Jerry O'Connor, thank you. Come on, the rovers. Come on, the rovers. That's a wrap. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3 They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Yeah.